Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast, and thank you for joining us. Uh, this is Rick Wirtz, president and founder of uh, Faithful Fathering, where the mission is to encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. The vision is to engage dads in raising a godly generation by reinvigorating the church on the fathering front. We're continuing the discussion around why faithful fathering is important. Uh, we're here to help you be the dad the next generation needs. So uh, I do want to point you to our website, faithfulfathering.org, where you can click on the For Dads button for more information, and that certainly complements what these podcasts are all about. Uh, in the studio today uh, with me to talk, we're going to talk about a continued discussion around foster care and you. Uh, how uh, you know, the, the the guest here to join me today is Julius Cairo. He's a, a founder of Kingdom Care Ministries. Uh, is that the right uh, title? I want to make sure I get you right. It's there. Uh, Kingdom Care Orphan Care. But yes, that is, that's right. Okay, Kingdom Care Orphan Care. Okay, well, that uh, blessing to have you here, Julius. Uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thank okay. you for having me. Now, you're uh, you're a hus- husband and father, husband of uh, Shanda, and, uh, and you have a father. How many kids do you have now? Uh, so we have four adopted, and we have a 19-year-old that we are fostering, and she has a one-and-a-half-year-old. So Fantastic. we have six currently in our home. And how how did give us a background on how you got involved with foster care to begin? Uh, so I mean back background God kind of started it young in my life. I was adopted by my grandparents. Um, my grandmother was actually adopted as well. Okay. Um, and so for us, foster care not really foster care, but adoption was always big in our life. Um, we accidentally got into foster care. Um, me and my wife started. Uh, about 11 years ago, we decided that we were going to adopt a kid and have our own kid. Um, of course, God has his own plans. So we... Really? Yeah. <laughs> so so we did... So we started the, the the adoption, what we thought was the adoption process. So we went through an agency. Um, back then, CPS used to have these little info meetings. And it was kind of like, uh, pick your agency. So your agencies would come and they would talk and, and give their spills. And so we... Um, ended up picking an agency. We went through the foster uh, through the adoption process as far as getting licensed to be an adoptive parent, um, and so we trained in the Spring location for Arrow Child and Family Ministries, um, and then we were transferred to the Angleton office. But when we were trained, so when we were transferred to the Angleton office, um, we got put in the foster care pile. Okay. Um, it took us about four placements to figure out that we were not in the adoption part of the of the process um our first child was a three-year-old little boy and he stayed for about three months um then we got a sibling set of three girls a newborn a three-year-old and a seven-year-old they left about three months later as well okay um and then we got after that we got a little boy who was actually abandoned um or so we thought at that point in time, and he ended up leaving about two months later. How old, how old was he? Uh, he was a newborn. <clears throat> um, he was actually on the news. Um, it was a big story uh, about finding a baby behind a dumpster, and wow. we okay. we got that baby. Right. Um, and so um, back up just a minute. You said you you were going through. Uh, it said was it an application process to be an adoptive parent. What, what so, was that? So fostering, so the way the state of Texas has it, to be a foster parent or an adoptive parent, you have to be licensed through the state of Texas. Okay. Um, now, there are private adoptions and different things like that that may be different, but as far as adopting through the foster care system, um, your licensing is the same. Um, most of the kids, or actually all of the kids that we have adopted have been foster placements first, 
and then rights have terminated or so forth and so on, and then they become eligible for adoption, and we adopt them. Um, that's how we've we've adopted four out of 29 that have been placed in our home. Now, what, again, what, uh, what, what type of things are they looking for in this? So when you apply and, and get a license to adopt? What uh, so you have to go through training that's mandated by the state. Um, so there's certain training courses and certain okay. trainings that you have to have. Um, you have to get CPR certified, first aid certified. Um, they do a home study um, as far as your background, um, your current living status, uh, just all the different things as far as that you would um, that you would I mean think that, that they would they would want. I mean they ask a, a bunch of questions. They send a psychologist out to interview you and your wife. And um, this sounds like something we ought to implement <laughs> for every parent, huh? <laughs> That's that's one thing that we've we've talked about and we've seen uh, different shirts and stuff that say that actually it says licensed to parent literally. Premarital so counseling would take on a whole <laughs> new dimension if you had to do yes, CPR. Yes, and, uh, and so we, yeah, so we definitely. I mean, and they interview you separately. I mean, it it is a a it was a pretty like extensive process. Um, at that point in time, everything was done in person, so it took us about a year. Um, when we did it, I was twenty five and my wife was twenty four. Um, so we were on the younger side yep, of that. Right. Um, in fact, at that point in time, legally in the state of Texas, she wasn't eligible to be an adoptive parent or a foster parent because at the at that point the age was 25. Right. Um, and so I grandfathered her in in a way or you got her. her. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so we um, both worked full time. We were both full time students when we started, um, and. That's, that's wow. just kind of how. So, yep. okay, that's, that's fascinating uh, that, uh, you know, I think the average person does, or I sure didn't realize, maybe I'm not average, but uh, I didn't realize the, uh, you're talking about a year, year and a half process to apply and, and get a license to even have a potential for adopting yes. a child. Yes, now, now it's it's a little bit more streamlined. I mean, with, so, with, with like, um, I guess COVID kind of expedited everything to go digital, so they have... Um, Zoom meetings and, and live meetings online and stuff like that. So you can, I mean, if you go through the process and you do everything, you can now probably get licensed within a month to three months, depending on how fast you want to expedite the process um, with your agency. So you've had 29 foster care children through your home? Through our home, yes. Tell me a little bit about that. What's, what's been the highlight? What was the best experience that you could have imagined? Um, and honestly, just watching God just work in every situation. At one point, we had we had six kids under the age of three, and I remember. Did they have a test for sanity before? <laughs> uh, uh, no, that that well, I mean, I, that wasn't one of the ones that we we covered in the question here. But the um, but I remember feeling at that point in time like the most peace that I ever felt like even in the midst of all the chaos like I never felt the chaos I just felt God's hand on that process and with those kids and and being able to to pray for them and 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 just be with them was probably that and as much as as much as we've poured into them they've shown us ourselves you know what what we want out of life and and what's important and what's valuable and mm-hmm. and and that's family and that's you know friends and and loving on you know loving on each other you know that's that's what's really important um one of the biggest things that i remember just from our foster care journey is our first child um was a 3-year-old little boy um and watching watching 
through him we thought like i said we thought we were adopting um so he was you know calling us mom calling us dad we were going through that whole process and then we found out cps called us and they were like well he's gonna go live with a great-grandmother and so we're like okay great-grandmother this three-year-old was very rowdy very rambunctious um and so we were like well how is this gonna happen how is this gonna work so you know we just prayed and prayed and um so he left um and one day when my cousin called and like uh, i'm from a small town uh, outside in east texas called garrison um about 800 people um so my cousin called and he said do you know where he went and i said no we don't get that information they take them you know they go wherever they go and he goes well i know where he's at and i said really and he's like yeah he is at um a family friend that we knew from Garrison, who was actually the mayor of our town, she was the great-grandmother. And so we connected with her. Um, Once again, only God could have made this story happen with all of these things. And so we connected with her, and she told us, um, she's like, I knew he was with a good home. And we're like, what are you talking about? And she said, well, the first day that he came to us, when I I tried to fix him lunch and we sat down to eat, he stopped me and said, no, 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 Grandma, we got to pray first. And so he prayed for their meal. That's a glimpse of God's glory right there. Exactly. And (laughs) so that story itself has literally propelled us Mm -hmm. through this journey for the last 11 years. Right, right. So there you go. That's your answer to, I think, the discussion a lot of times is, uh, you know, how are you supposed to let go of these children? And it sounds like uh, you just exemplified the uh, the whole deal, that you had a window of time to touch that young boy. You touched him, and the Lord takes it from there. You know, yes, sometimes sir. we forget Sometimes we forget God is God. And uh, <laughs> yes, sir. nothing sure. is happenstance. It's all by, by his plan. He is sovereign. What about the uh, most challenging experience that you've uh, run across? How, what, uh, what is, what's a, a tough experience? Uh, tough valley that you had to work through in a foster child coming into your home? I mean, I think ultimately the, again, is giving it to God and the lack of control that you have as a foster parent. Mm. You know, because when these kids are placed in your home, you want to protect them just like you would any any other child, you know, whether biological or any other way that they come. And so, you know, to see them hurt, to see them, you know, go through pain, um, to deal with that, I think it's probably one of the hardest things as being a foster parent because you have no control when it comes to like their their final place, whether they stay with you or not. Like I said, we've fostered 29 and we've adopted four. So 25 out of that 29 have went back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one of our foster placements that have returned, returned either directly to their parents or to another, par- another family member. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's always hard because you, you it, it it literally is faith in God only because there's no you you have no control. The only control I had was when I said yes to the kid at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And after that, you know, do they have parent visits? I don't have control over that. Do they stay three months or do they stay three years? I have no control over that. Mm-hmm. Um, the only control that I have is is the time that I spend with them while I have them in my house. You know, I can love on them and I can show them different. And that's that's what we do every t- every day in our house um, with all of our kids is is show them something different. Because even if they go back to a world that's dark, we, we live in a world that's often dark, 
Um, but even if they go back to a place of darkness, they've seen the light. They've mm-hmm. seen something different, which means that they can themselves have something different. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's kind of what's propelled us through those hard times mm-hmm. of, you know, why do we keep taking, you know, why do we sure. keep saying yes? Why right. do we keep taking in kids, you know, and watching, you know, because each one of them that leaves, you know, that's a part of our heart that goes with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, you know, that's what propels the yes is, you know, knowing that for that minute, you know, they get to be kids, they get to be loved on, they get to be shown something different, and then, you know, God gets to take it from there if, if they do happen. Now, them. once you've adopted the four, mm-hmm. that did you put a hold on foster kids coming into your home at that juncture, or you... Just, no, we've, we've stayed open ever stayed since. Open. We, we've, okay. we continue to say that we're going to stop, but every time we think that we're going to stop, then we get this specific call that's very specifically... Um, for us for some reason, whether it's whatever CPS requested or somebody that we've worked with in the past has called us and said, hey, can you do this? Mm -hmm. Um, Before we get in touch with the agency even sometimes, um, just because we've been doing it for so long and interacted with so many different people. And so we know at that point, like if, and our our motto and our our yes has always been, if if they call, we're gonna say yes. And we'll let God work it out from there. So mm-hmm. if they're meant to be here, they're going to be here. If not, then then we've you know we've seen that both ways. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but yeah. All right. So the so the biggest challenge is the unknown. Yeah. yeah the, yes. That is that is ultimately the the biggest challenge in in every child that's that's placed in your home. And even even after adoption, it's still a challenge because I mean a lot of our kids and I mean all of our kids come from some form of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, I got my daughter at five year, at five months old. Um, she was addicted to cocaine at birth. Right. And so, um, but now at eight and nine years old, we're starting to see the effects of that as she has anxiety and different, you know, mental, mental health uh, related issues that she's, you know, working through and we're, you know, helping her work through that. But that was something that stems, you know, from prenatal stuff right. and, and pre-birth stuff that we had no control over. Right. Um, and so ultimately, you know, a lot of a lot of foster care and a lot of adoption and all of that entire process is just faith. Like it is ultimately just us saying, God, whatever you have for us today, we're going to deal with it the best way that we can. Everybody has their idea of what trauma is. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's, uh, you can clarify this, but my understanding is that trauma can be everything from trauma being taken away out of the home. That's trauma for a child. Mm-hmm. Or it could be uh some kind of physical abuse, or it could be under the influence of drugs because mom was a crack addict. Uh, so is, is that accurate? Yes, yeah, trauma can be every every one of those things. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a wide range of, of trauma um, from, I mean, neglect is trauma. Right. I mean, all, all sure. of that is, is traumatic and, and has, you know, a, a, a period point, you know, and that, that's that's kind of how when people talk about trauma, how I kind of describe it is, is it's a point in time in these kids' lives and even our lives, you know, as even as adults, we have our own traumas. You know, we have things in our past that have, you know, specifically, sure. you know, hurt us in a certain way that's left a lasting impression, and that affects, you know, the decision-making process. That affects, you know, a, a lot of things that we do in our lives. So all of all of that broad umbrella could be considered trauma. Sure, sure. And uh, sometimes we cover it up, and, and a kid will cover it up until uh, an yes, opportune sir. moment <laughs> to, to uh, break out. Now, uh, now that's, that's all God's stuff, and I, I applaud you and your bride for uh, uh, 
being God's hands and feet uh, for these young kids. Now, what with that, could you uh, maybe uh, articulate a little bit of encouragement for uh, a dad or a couple that are listening here that uh, may be considering uh, getting involved with foster care? I mean, ultimately, I mean, God, God has God has you in your hands. If He's asked, if He's called you to it, He's already prepared you for it, and He's already has a plan. He already has it, it's sought out and it and it planned out, and He's going to take care of it. His promises are true. He will walk you through it. He will guide you through it. And and like I said, I, I say that because that's literally been our entire journey. It's mm-hmm. been God has opened doors and and moved pieces and made things happen. Um, and I mean, one thing with, with our ministry with Kingdom Care is, is that we do wrap around and provide support for these families. And so you're not alone in that in that environment. That's one thing that we learned through foster care was that, you know, there's a lot of support for the kids. There's a lot of things that happen, you know, while you're a foster parent. But, you know, once you've adopted or once, you know, the limited source resources are there, it just kind of stops, you know, mm-hmm. the community and and the people of knowing what's going on, um, you know, that that isn't there. And so that's what we do with Kingdom Care is we build that community, we build that support. And so if you're wanting to be a foster parent or you want to, you know, I think God is calling you to adopt, there's there's resources and there's people out here who have done it and are willing to walk with you and, and through the entire process. There you go. That's a word from a from a a veteran on the journey of uh, adoption and foster care. Thank you, Julius, for your time. And dads, I just want to remind you, you heard what he said. The Lord doesn't call the prepared. He prepares the called. And the encouragement is that there's a lot of support out there uh, for you, whether it's Kingdom Care or uh, others that are in the system that uh, are there to help. So just, uh, again, I uh, hope you enjoyed a little bit of background here, a little bit of the personal journey that uh, Julius and uh, his bride have been on. And uh, just want you to, to know that uh, if that's what the Lord's calling you to, then uh, step into it with all the boldness and confidence it is your personal relationship with Christ. Well, uh, thank you, Julius, for your time. God bless. Godspeed. Thank you for having me. We'll talk to you again soon.